Hello, pod friends and uh, fellows uh, out there in radio land, pod land, let's say that. Uh, you are now entering Tesla City once more with uh, me, Brendan Jones, uh, director and uh, chief archivist, I love that title, of the Tesla City Stories. And as always, my friend, partner, producer, all those things, uh, Mr. Jerry Christman's here. Say hello, Jerry. Hello, hello. Good to be back. Good yeah, to it see is you good guys. to be back. Yep. Um, and by the way, uh, I have a question for you, Jerry. Yes. Are you ready for some football? I, I am so ready. I am so ready. <laughs> we need to apologize to our audience because you might hear some cheering uh, outside the studio because we're doing this right in the middle of the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, Super Bowl Sunday. So we've now uh, basically set this properly in a time and place. Anyway, um, uh, and today... Now, last time we were here, we got to talk to the lovely Lauren McCune, a star, uh, a fellow producer, amazing lady all around, and I wasn't intimidated at all, not not by Lauren. Today, I'm extremely intimidated, because when you're talking podcasts, Jerry, we basically have on the show... The man who invented podcasts. I know. It's I'm I don't know what to say. A man who has at least right now eighty to eighty-five podcasts out there on the waves right now. Uh I can only be speaking about one man, and that's Teddy Roosevelt. Yes. Yes. Oh wait, no, that again. He's long dead. No, you, I was you actually like Teddy Roosevelt. I've discovered. <laughs> no, I, no, I just called back. Yay! Yay. Uh, no, Mister John Campbell has joined us. Oh, hello. Yes. You know what's weird is I do enough podcasts. It's weird to wait to be talking on a podcast. I know. As I a could guest. look at you over there. You were like your leg was you know, like just got, jittering. Uh, like, I got Please. bits to add. Yeah. <laughs> well, we would prefer if you were quiet today and just let me. And yeah, him. I know. Yeah, it's just, it's, the, it, it's read it's the both, cue cards, John. It's <laughs> it's both refreshing. And and disturbing. Oh, I, I will say this, yeah. uh, and we're going to get into your uh, background. Yes, deeply. Good. Yes, um, I, I, as I, if this were a job interview. Yeah, I see these the 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 James Lipton esque stack of note cards yeah. you have next to you. Now, <laughs> when you die and and you're in front of the pearly gates, what is it you want to hear, St. Peter? No. Uh, so, <laughs> now the thing here is, uh, in addition to doing all these podcasts, you are really the only one out of us. Uh, me slightly, and Jerry probably slightly too. But you're you actually worked in radio. Yes, yeah, I was on um, morning radio Monday through Friday from six to nine. You never played anything I, I requested. <laughs> I would always call in and say, "Could I get a good block of the nitty gritty dirt band?" And you were always like, "No." Can I, 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 I let me uh, a little bit about how the sausage is made in radio? At least where I work, yeah, it's an automated system. Yes, I never controlled what music was played. Yeah, that's the way it is these. Days. Yeah, he wasn't even there. When it's it an ran. algorithm. The liter- I remember the, the technician showing me. It's like we have it go. Don't play a song more than this many times in this many days. Choose an eighty song, a ninety song, a seventy song in this order. You know what just cracked me up? And I mean, not about the sad state of modern radio, uh, but actually, I just realized that we had talked about how the sausage gets made on the last one, too. Hey. We're doing all kinds of callbacks. I get well, And yeah. also, when you said that, all I could think is, mmm, sausage. Here's something interesting I learned, speaking of radio. Yes. Um, I met a, a lovely woman who is a vice president of one of the uh, radio conglomerates here in town. Mm. 
And I, we were talking, I was telling her about the show and stuff like that. And she thought that was cool. And I asked her, you know, how's radio doing? Cause I was under the assumption that podcast is just killing radio. Mm, yeah. And she said, no, she said it's, it's thriving. Well, it's all I hear thriving. is radio Gaga, yeah. <laughs> radio goo goo. But I was really surprised. I thought it was hurting. And then go, no, all the stations are really, really thriving. So I think that's good. I'm, I don't yeah. want to see a medium die. No, I certainly don't want to see a medium die, but it sure would be nice if it went back to its roots of being, um, Music? kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember in my day, the M and MTV stood for music. Anyway, Walter um, Matthau, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, ghost of Walter Matthau. Is now, before we get into the life story of of Mr. John Campbell, so um, fascinating. I, I, I'm sure. Well, I'm telling you, our listeners, we get lots of emails. Yeah. Like, tell us more about John Campbell. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't blame him. But John, you, uh, I want you from your perspective. Well, okay. First, we'll give our perspective. <laughs> Not your perspective. <laughs> no. Then your perspective. I'll, I'll just sit here and listen to you talk about me. Perfect. So uh, we were going to talk about uh, how you joined us mm. at the Tesla City Stories, and I was um, going to mention that as lucky as we are that we ended up with you, we almost didn't, and yeah. it, it goes back to um, an unfortunate bump in the road. Uh, we had started the show, it had gone for a couple of years, about a year and a half maybe, or a couple of years, and uh, the time came when we had to shut down for a little bit, and we had to regroup. We had mm. to basically start the show over again mm-hmm. um, and and recast. And it was during that casting session that um, you came and read for us. And um, why, don't, why don't you take it from there? Well, yeah, I mean, look, look, I, I I'm I'm not somebody who like I'm not an actor. Uh, most of the time, in my life is not my main gig by any means. But I would occasionally scroll through the auditions because you know I I I dabble so I'm and, and literally I did see it's like oh it's 40s radio I went well okay there's the one thing I would be good at pretty much basically right uh, and so yes I came into uh, one of the one of the cattle calls if you will there were there uh, were actual bovines there I did think uh, I might have been the wrong place you go no no we are looking to add a cow cast member uh, don't mind this don't mind the stool don't I mind the bucket say, just uh, uh, read the lines please. I was in the waiting room with uh, 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 somebody who did join the show with us when I did as well, Mondi. Yes, uh, she she and I were in there to get so. Uh, and Mondi's still a friend of the show. She's directing yeah. and producing. And, yeah, and, we just saw her, we had a gathering for all the Tesla people, and she was there the other night. It was nice to see her. Again. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so and then I, I came in and uh, I was wearing a Wolverine shirt, which you commented <laughs> on. Well, I mean, this is basically that meant you were in. No. Um, <laughs> But the way it is, is uh, obviously that was even pre you reading. I didn't say that guy's in, but of course that piqued my interest. It would just made it better once like, oh, this guy's got a great voice and he really gets the material. It just was a bonus that you walked in in a Wolverine shirt, and and what broke the ice is me going, that's a Jim Lee Wolverine, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, and then we both uh, shoved our glasses <laughs> as far up our noses as we could, uh, <laughs> as far as the masking tape around it, the bridge would yeah. allow us. <laughs> uh, no, but no, but then uh, the, the 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 weird thing is, uh, I got cast on the show but also didn't get cast in the show that's what i was dancing yeah. around yeah and you, I'm you got still ca- mad no <laughs> you got cast as an alternate and another Which person is- got cast and then when they came in and and this person said oh well, i can't do these dates yeah here, here and here i was like well 
We uh, so we, we 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 turned to John, and <laughs> I will say it's it's very much a lucky break, and that very much that gentleman was was very talented, yes. and we like to take that he did on a character, and so um, I was totally game. I felt bad. That was the first time we even considered having alternates. Just I was in say, case, that's a thing we don't have. We don't all. really have it. No, all. we don't know. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of a smart idea anyway because we knew that um, things happen and some. Actors are a little flaky and so forth. So you were willing just to be sort of on call and help out. And you you were there when we got that group together for the first kind of dinner. Um, and the thing is, is that uh, it became readily apparent when the other guy just didn't work out, like couldn't be in our shows at all. It was like, oh, but John gets it. That was the important thing for me is and, and important for all of us. We were always looking not only for good voices, good actors, but um, it's a very stylized acting style, and it's a, a medium uh, and an old kind of entertainment that not all people get as far as what's the tone, how do you deliver that kind well, of Well, it helps to cast a man who's 94 years old like yeah. yourself. Um, <laughs> wow. The, yeah, I you, know. You look great, man. I take Hanging in there. Yeah, well, I'd love I to. It's like you talk about people getting it because... Not everyone always gets it. Maybe they're interested. They might think it's fun, but don't get it. Because yeah. I've gotten comments like, oh, I love Tesla cars. I'm oh, like, man. Um, yeah. People <laughs> talk to me about Nikola Tesla. Yeah, I mean, people do. Yeah. I have had people ask, so it's a play about Tesla? Yeah, that's exactly it. And, um, and also, people would know me enough to know I would be in a play about yeah. Tesla. That would not be out of No, it's a play about the car. For me, I do love Nikola Tesla. Um, it's actually a, a very metatextual thing in which Nikola Tesla uh, speaks to a Tesla vehicle. Yes. Which replies to it in an AI voice. And people and, can uh, see that in the back room of yes. a Chinese restaurant where I'm doing that as a one-man show right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've never been so moved. John, it's a, in my it's life. called Tesla v Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> man! Directed oh, by Zack Snyder. Not dry yeah. in the house. Uh, there's a lot of slow motion and, and, and gore in it. Yeah, and, and a lot of weirdly a lot of Leonard Cohen songs. Yeah, um, yeah, and a lot of uh, very well oiled muscles. Anyway, yeah, I really had to get oiled in shape muscles. For that. Um, <laughs> well, look, man. Look, the you man, have 300 on Blu-ray. The don't man, even... the man uh, loves a greased. I don't. Stud. I don't have. I mean, there's. I say I say own it. I'm glad he owns that. There you man. go. Now here's here's the thing when yeah. we talk about um, and and actually you brought it up, so I will actually bring up your age. One uh, yeah. thing that uh, also impresses me still to this day because we now that we have worked together for a long time yeah. and we do our uh, you and I are like two different podcasts yes. together. And I'm really getting tired of it. But uh, no, um, every week it's like, oh, this again. This again. Oh, man. But the thing that always uh, blows my mind is that you are 20 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And I think almost exactly. Yeah. Almost exactly 20 years younger than me. And your grasp of pop culture in general, but specifically pop culture from years before you were born, um, rivals my own, sometimes scarily so um you are ridiculously learned i'm using that word yeah um about things you really shouldn't be for a person it it doesn't because i you know like i'm out in the world and i'm i'll crack wise about mcmillan and wife and it's crickets but when i crack wise about mcmillan wife to you i talk about rock hudson with that sweet stash (laughs) see (laughs) now i gotta say for those folks not uh who aren't up on this and this is a bit of trivia about you john that i'm gonna share with the whole audience you have a cat named columbo oh yeah yeah 
And you actually have a pair of goldfish named McMillan and Wife. (laughs) I I think that's really amazing. I have actually talked about, uh, yes, I do have a cat named Columbo. Uh, and he 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 is the best. He's amazing. Um, you have a cockatiel named Beretta. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a little dicey based on Beretta's and later. I gotta life. say, um, I, I really like your tailor with the black t-shirts, the muscles. You, you know, he don't. Uh, yeah. No, uh, uh, yes, I do, and I have talked about if I were to get other cats or anything. I mean, my second cat would have to be Rockford, of and course, Magnum, yes. and Mannix, and all that stuff. I sort of go like, yes, I think I'll just keep on this it's sort of thing have, of pets that are you're all have a pet farm. All, a uh, by, the, by the time you get detectives. to Banachek, yeah. uh, just stop, just stop. Yeah. Okay. By the time I'm at Petrocelli, Harry O, Harry O, yes, exactly. There's an yeah. eel named Harry O. Yeah. But uh, so that also segues nicely. He said, trying to keep uh, the train on track. I love uh, how professional you are. At this. Just uh, no, so, yeah. I'm not at all. But um, tell us about you yeah. going back to the beginning and and how your brain got formed because yeah. <laughs> you are a man out of time like Steve Rogers in yes. that iceberg. I have always read the Captain America comics as being this is just kind of me, basically. Right. And yeah. I, I spent more time at the gym. It's it explains the, the shield you carry. Yeah. Well, you've got to. <laughs> uh, also, um, not a lot of people know this, but apparently Namor found a bunch of uh, Alaskan indigenous people worshiping you in that ice. Yes. And he got jealous. Yes, it's true. Uh, Namor and I that, have long had a thing. Chopped out that big hunk of ice and tossed it right into the uh, Gulf Stream, <laughs> thawed out, and the Avengers found you. Okay, yes. so um, go back to the beginning. You're yeah. a local boy. Oh, yeah, Portland born and raised, man. I'm one of the rare natives. Everybody moved here. No, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, Portland. When you're um, a Portland native, does that yeah. when you come out of the womb? Yes. Do you immediately get a unicycle and yes. uh, a, a waxed mustache? Well, I was born in a hospital made out of recycled milk cartons. Yes. So, uh, yeah. No. Now, did did you immediately start crafting your own IPAs? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they 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 put a beanie on me and I immediately grew an ironic mustache as a kid. Uh, yeah. His IPA is named McLeod. Uh-huh, yes. Uh-huh. And you also are a beekeeper. And, yeah. Uh, no, all the I'm stuff. I'm just gonna man. stop right now. No. No, yeah, uh, no, yeah. I am a I'm a Portland native, which is sort of few and far between in this town. Well, I mean, both of you true. guys are are uh, you know uh, expats of this, the south, this, if you will. This town absorbs a lot of people looking to get away. It's and the same thing where where we grew up. It was rare to meet a native Houstonian. That's kind of true. Yeah, well, because now it's interesting. I mean, in, in the Texas world, they always talk about Austin sort of being the Portland. I feel like everybody's going to Austin now. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, well, even if you were born and bred in in Texas, yeah. you probably ended up moving to Austin. Well, and, <laughs> and that's sort of the thing. I, I remember uh, uh, b- briefly I did right out of high school go to college in New Mexico. It's the only time I ever lived outside of uh, Portland. And uh, and when when I would tell people I was from Oregon, not even Portland, just from Oregon, people would go, they have cities there? Wow. <laughs> Which I'm no, just they like, didn't. man. Yeah, they did really, they really did. They thought it was all just forest and mountains. Well, the entire concept of... I'm from a city, The entire concept of Oregon to the rest of the, the nation, well, I guess it's different now. <laughs> yeah. Um, now it's considered an, uh, 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 just a big Antifa, um, you know, place. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, I think Portlandia also really did yes. a lot for but us. Back, but really, before that, everyone just associated it with dying from dysentery. <laughs> Uh, thanks to it the Oregon still, Trail yeah, it's uh, like, it's video like game. Space Bar. The Space Oregon bar. Trail ended here, and we never evolved past that. They, basically <laughs> the thing, yeah. 
I grew up in a covered wagon. Uh, I, I, by the way, totally off topic, then we'll swing right back. But yeah. it always drives me crazy that Lewis and Clark are so owned by oh, yeah. Oregon. Yeah. Because this is where the Oregon Trail ended. This is this is where their, their trip west ended. Yes. But I keep going, that's where it ended. You guys aren't. You don't own Lewis and Clark. They uh, got here and went, yeah, that's know, it's, good, it's, and then they went back. It's interesting going back to going a little no bit back roads. onto my biography. My 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 mother is a college professor at Lewis and Clark College. There you go. Yeah, everything around here is named Lewis, Lewis and, and Clark. or Clark. Yeah, Lewis and Clark. So, um, yeah. I'm changing my name to, to do that. <laughs> I'm changing it to Lewis and Clark. Yes, I'm changing mine to Sacagawea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So let's go yeah. back now. How does someone uh, out here? Yes. I mean, out here, as if it's a. Sorry, that was that. <laughs> That's terrible. Where there are no cities. I know. I know. Where there are no cities. We just got color TV last week. (laughs) It's great. It is amazing. Yeah. Next up, an icebox. Don't sit too close to it. Yeah. No, I... I um, I'm hearing great things about 8-Track. Now, you grew up a, a right and proper nerd, and I oh, say yes. that with great affection. Yes. You are a massive comics fan. Yeah, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And you have a, a very wide breadth of knowledge about film and television. Yeah. That's what you went to college for. You were a film yes, major, right? film major. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Film... <laughs> To just to get all the ladies, film major, <laughs> theater minor. Oh yeah. Here's a bit of trivia. John and I, un- unknowingly, we went to the same film school. Yes. Get uh, out. Yes, because I initially went to college and then I I, I dropped out of proper college and then went to the Northwest Film Fil- Center, Film Institute because, at that time. Yes, because that was I wanted to solely focus on actual production. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, whereas the the sort of academic film stuff was more theory and right. i do sort of remember at a certain point after being in enough like screening classes going yeah i'm paying a lot to just watch movies <laughs> which the, i do anyway you know oh sure talk about them yeah 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 you weren't going to become or did not see yourself becoming yeah. like uh, a historian or th- no critical theorist or and anything like that sort you of were, when i one like let me and I, and that you was you wanted also, to make movies and I you did make, and that's why I ended up spending more time in the theater department too because right. like we're doing stuff over here you were writing scripts yeah. you were uh, also writing comics that you were wanting to get off the ground sure. um, and we'll talk about the one that's coming up very yes. excited about that but you uh, you were doing that stuff and that's very Spielbergian to me I mean that I was I mean as a kid that was my role model that was who I you know kids had. Their sports stars posted on the wall. I had Steven Spielberg, and I had all the biographies. That was my guy. I get it. A giant, yeah. a giant poster of Spielberg in your room. Of I had. I did have like a. Fr- it wasn't a giant poster, but I did have like an eight by ten of him. Yeah. You know? No, I mean uh, him, him and Lucas. I had. The, I had the photo like a, a basically like a promotional headshot of the of him and Lucas together on like an Indiana Jones. No, when I yeah. was, I mean, again, being older, um, having any kind of camera, and I know there were families that were in my same. Uh, economic bracket that did have like super eight and so forth like that 16 millimeter cameras i never did in my brain movies and television were just stuff to be absorbed and filed and i know you did that too but your brain was already thinking about i'll make this someday it took me a long time Mm -hmm. to realize that my storytelling that i i like to do i've written lots of screenplays and so forth but that was, it was sort of late where I was like, right, I thought in the terms of what could I possibly do? And right. I've never had a camera. So it was like, I'll write uh, comic scripts yeah. and I'll write uh, TV and theater and hopefully someone will produce them. Right. You 
were out there actually making student films. And it's, it's, it's difficult because it's the most expensive art form in the world. It, it is the most, and, and I grew up, uh, like, in, I'm in the, because now kids today are just filming stuff kids left and right. Kids today. No, but it is the thing, like, like if you're in high school today, you can pick up an iPhone and shoot a halfway decent looking movie. Yeah. I grew up in the time where all of that was coming. So, like, when I right. started doing it, I was using my dad's, VHS shooting straight right. to VHS yeah. and then into the high eight and then it wasn't until high school that digital technology was just once again beginning crappy uh, consumer grade digital yeah, cameras. Yeah, I, I caught the tail end and it was actually really good but you know at the at the But it was hard and it, the other th- the thing that I am thankful about it was in high school it gave me an identity as the person who made Oh movies. yeah, you were because the there movie was maker. still a barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. You had to know a little bit, you had to get the right equipment. And now I feel like making movies is just like everybody shoot movies on the weekend, right? Like, uh, so I do think that was sort of the thing was like being the kid who knew how to use. There was editing technology, but not everyone knew how to use it. Now, once again, you can edit. Now you're no longer special. As tools have exploded, that doesn't mean things get better. Like, no, no, in no, fact, you it, still have to know. I yeah, mean, that's the whole the thing. Basics. It's just it, like when you go to art school and you're sitting there going, well, I want to work digitally. I'm going to use these things. And they're like going, you're nope. still going to need to use these Conti yep. crayons and be able to capture yep. something in figure drawing. Right. The, the old tools are still necessary. And you may have these amazing cameras on your phone, but you still need to know storytelling. You need to know framing. It. You need to know tone and yeah, atmosphere. I learned, and I learned editing kind of on a flatbed editor where I'm taping yeah, see, film that, together. That's, that's the thing where it's like you're one – because I was like just at – Avid. Yeah, when I uh, – well, I, I, I came in in the final cut generation. Final yeah. cut. Yeah, uh, that, that was my thing. Uh, but, uh, but the thing was when I was at the Northwest Film Center, they were still – encouraging people to work on film now i don't think they do any film but i was there in hmm. the interim where it's like yeah digital is easier but you guys should really try some film and i yeah. think it is is because it's it's so easy when you have endless film with digital yeah. you know uh when when you film stuff you have to think through it because it's like I don't you're, yeah to you're thinking it. very economically and the thing about already shooting on digital in high school i never tried film because i'm like i no not anymore like now nah, sure it would going backwards it seems well, just trying to get it developed somewhere well that's the other thing too the cost is much is so because yeah. you, you get a no, all i need is a, a decent camera a, a lens and a sd card now john i think you mentioned to me recently that you're planning on shooting a film here in the yes mix? yeah i'm i'm right now my uh, shout out to my my good friend and podcast uh cohort michael lisman there is uh, the obligatory shout out, yeah. and you now owe John twenty five dollars. No, uh, he and I are writing a feature film right now uh, that we are uh, intending to shoot, that's, hopefully in twenty twenty five. Yeah, that's great. That's is, our, is the goal. So, um, and before we jump to your future, I'm going yeah. back to your past yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah, we're all over the place. It's like a Tarantino I movie. In I know. Now, um, again, part of your really nailing. Uh, and I should say for the listeners, uh, you've already heard, John, we, we've dropped several episodes. Uh, when yeah. I say that you play some of my favorite characters, you play um, so uh, a big variety. You play one of the most outrageous supporting characters uh, of all time, yeah. uh, a gentleman named Hoboken. Yes. You play basically the sidekick to the Tesla City Stories own superhero yes uh and he's a great character bobeck or bobby mm-hmm. um and you also play a romantic lead and yes. you are dr the, pierce hartley dr pierce hartley on our soap opera which will don't worry folks at home it will be appearing in your feed it someday will. soon yeah, it will. um but yeah you and 
what a great voice. Obviously, that's why I was like, that's who needs to play Pierce Hartley because you have the very smoothest. Of... Well, and there's a very specific sort of cadence to that. It's not just the tone, but it's a kind of acting that was very, you know, not only a soap opera, but an old movie as your time. Yeah. I, I always think of Pierce Hartley as played by like a universal contract player. Absolutely. Who, who, who didn't take off. Yeah, you know, like that's sort of the thing where it's like uh, the guy who's, a less uh, a less charismatic Robert Taylor. That's sort of the thing, right? The guy, the guy wow. who the guy who you look and he's in like twenty five movies, but yeah. you go, I don't know this guy at all. Yeah, but that I mean, again, but he had a look and a voice that they were like, maybe. Yeah, but but again, it is very specific, and you yeah. nail it. Um, and so obviously when we talk you love all film i know yes uh and you again comics yeah um but you really do zero in when you're talking classic stuff yeah you love the noir stuff oh, yeah. uh and i know you love anything that involves a shootout uh, <laughs> i love know. as my grandfather would would call him a good old-fashioned shoot em up you like a shoot em up <laughs> uh, oh, let's go watch a shoot em up uh yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that that does come in handy very often, and uh, well, at least in the Wraith. There's there's occasionally times where oh, yeah. you've been uh, shot in one of the shows. I've been shot in many of the shows. Oh, that's in right. Fact, you've I think also been a bad guy or two. I've been an. I, I always you, uh, this is you what, have been actually. The, the thing about when you talk about I was going to be an alternate. I don't feel like an alternate, but I do like my position in the show. Good, because you're never going anywhere else. <laughs> well, I do think, because I say this, because I, I, want, I want to couch this in, this is not me going, Brendan, give me something, but it is like, I'm the only person without a leading show in the cast. You are a utility player. But, but I am a utility player. I see myself as like a, a Paul Giamatti or something. Wow. I'm, like, I'm a character actor in yes, the show. You really yeah, are a character actor, and, which and is, is a good And thing. I like that. So I do feel like uh, the, the, the thing I have, that because everybody plays multiple parts in the show, but I really month to month don't know what's going to be expected of me i feel like some a lot of the other people sort of have core big characters and and the thing i used to tell people is i specialize in weirdos foreigners and bad guys <laughs> it's kind of where it's my honest niche business card it is because like the first couple shows i did on the live shows i played like awful killers who That's get right. murdered by the end of the show yeah and I just was like, well, how do I die this month? Was pretty much, a, am yeah. I going out a window? Am I getting shot? What am I, you know? Well, one of the things I, uh, it, it's not me being mean as director. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I've been told by a few of our actors uh, across different casts, um, because the scripts are there. Yeah. Uh, and I always sit there saying, does anyone want, like, the advance? And sometimes I will tell people, like, you know, in a few shows, this is going to happen. But uh, I've always been kind of very grateful that no one sat there saying, look, just give me all the violas so I know exactly what happens. <laughs> right. Because I think the cast does enjoy, uh, at least that's the feedback I'm getting, that thing of, like, I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen next month. That's right. commonplace. So it's commonplace in the industry. Yeah. yeah. People yeah. don't I mean, know they're gonna, their characters are going to die until the day of shooting sometimes. Sometimes that's true, and though. That's... If you're the lead of a sitcom or, like, a, yeah. the X-Files, <laughs> usually they're, like, sitting there, they plunk, plunk it down and go, right. that's your season, okay? That's your arc. Because... Because I think to me, in terms of like as an actor, once again, and I'm, I'm somebody who never like that was never like my dream to be an actor. Sure. But always just because I loved all the other stuff, it was fun. But I always saw myself in a character actor mold and and particularly uh, a voice actor. Like, yeah. I always yeah, loved because yeah. I because one of the things we're talking about, I, when I was consuming all this stuff, I was also trying to mimic all these things. Well, that's yeah, the thing too. Yeah. It's like I, it's, I, I love doing this show because. Watching other things and consuming content, yeah. it actually 
is helping. It's yes. Like, it's not just for leisure. And sometimes people say, yeah, yeah, right. But no, it really does help. Well, I remember as a kid, like the first impression I did was Sean Connery, because as, as you guys know, I'm huge Bond fan, massive Bond nerd. So that was the stuff I was watching. And I watched enough of that. I eventually started to kind of try to figure out. How oh, was I was dreading the first impression. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. how, how far are we into this now? <laughs> oh, about 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. There is the first impression. That's pretty, that's pretty good for me, too, because it is sort of No, like, uh, and I am and only I saying that as a joke. John is a frequent, uh, especially in our other podcasts, where we talk about a different movie every week, yeah. and there will be a, a new actor that we're... And I'm not so good. My brother's good. I'm not so good. At, but John will just slip in to and you're like okay I just, I just have a great love of rhythms of people's voices yes, yes. if I hear a specific thing uh, you know politicians anything like that I'll just start, sit and sit there and go how is they what are their mouth doing it's yeah, a weird it's thing actually it's just, sometimes it's not even the sound it is just getting the rhythm right and I just go like yeah, and something the they're there I and you know this I do this all the time to you Brandon where I go like here's my one sentence impression because I'll just <laughs> it'll be it won't even be someone's voice it'll just be they said that so strangely yeah yeah uh, right. it get lodged I, I, in your head I, 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 just to keep uh, like digging into all of my uh, fandoms. I was watching a, an old Star Trek last night. Oh God! And I, and Here I we did, go. Yeah, and, oh yeah. My anyone who knows me knows if Star Trek or Bond come up, it's like, oh, we're gonna be here all day, man. But no. But I. But it was just uh, Larry Nimoy's had a line where he had to say the word monitor, and he said, "I looked at it on the monitor." The monitor. And I just thought, what a weird <laughs> way to say that. And I just so it's the stuff like that where I just I'm just fascinated. It'll just stick out. Yeah, yeah I'm just fascinated by language and sort of the rhythms and 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 oddities of language. It does it does lend itself to what you are called upon to do, and it, it's an innate talent. I I like coming up with different character voices, and often I sit there going, "Whoa, I didn't nail that one," but I'm still gonna stick with it. Yeah. Um, and it's just the commitment is big on that, right? It's just sort of like it big. is just I'm gonna. I'm going to go at this. And sometimes an audience is actually more with you because it's shaky. And I'll, I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. They're forgiving. <laughs> and the thing about when you talk about the crafting of these voices, and excuse me as I talk about the craft. Oh, uh, my God. No, but, That's why uh, we're here, John. But it is sort of the thing, too, about like you do the voices. I think back to, because I've been with the show for six it's years It's been like six years. Yeah, six yeah. years now. So I've been doing this, you know, and off and on through the, the, the starts and stops of, yeah. of uh, I mean, we've had two great breaks of both losing a uh, venue and then of course the yep. the pandemic itself yep. um so through that but yeah six six years of being a, a cast member uh but i think back to like bobek or hoboken the characters i keep coming back to uh they're different now i think if, if <laughs> yeah, we didn't true. record they those shows but like hoboken, do do. hoboken was purely an Al Pacino impression when he started. <laughs> yeah. And now it's started to evolve into he has his own sound. It's still Al Pacino-esque. Yeah. And and Bo Beck was uh, John Rhys-Davies from Raiders. He's Sala, right? <laughs> yeah. And now he started to have his own sounds. Well, but when um, he started initially, he was indie, you know? But there is a, uh, a show coming up uh, that I told you where he does break into uh, some Gilbert and Sullivan. Oh, so I yeah. fully... It's, it's in, incredible. You need to get back to, I am the monarch of the sea. <laughs> so I'll need you to do that. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I have sung as both of those characters in the show, though. At oh, the same true. time, which is incredible. Oh, <laughs> um, I... Man, and I, while drinking a glass of water. <laughs> I don't... Uh, I'm trying to remember if we've ever uh, had... I'm always like, putting Bobek and Hoboken together is tough. I also always say, uh, hopefully if we can try to get the Hoboken episode to be second, 
in the in the order of oh, the show. Oh right, because, because it tears your yeah. throat up. Yeah, it, it was. And there's there was one. There's a viola that's all viola and Hoboken. Yeah. So it's Hoboken for a whole episode. We haven't recorded that. We one haven't yet. recorded that one yet, but we did it. And I and there were a couple times in it where like late in the show, I'm going. I could feel the voice quivering. It's oh, like yeah. it's gonna go, and no sound is. We're gonna, gonna have to get fan your your throat when you're performing. Well, I think it'll be yeah. I think it'll be easier. We'll to get record. some tea and lemon. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get some tea and lemon, little honey. But little it honey is, and tea and lemon. Because you know we start and stop when we actually record in the studio. But yeah, when we did right. it on stage, I'm yeah, doing it for it's nearly it's like minutes nearly twenty straight. minutes of you shouting. And he's in the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. And I just remember going like. I was like, Brendan, if there are any more scripts you find that have Hoboken in the whole thing, just toss those to the side. <laughs> as much as as much as like any actor, I want stage time. That character is so tact. He's so fun. I love that. I lo- my two most regular characters, those two. I have such affinity for them. Yeah. And for um, those of you who don't know, you want to tell them what Hoboken's thing well, is? Well, Hoboken's thing, of course, is he was a demolitions expert. Yeah. Uh, so he his hearing is gone. So everything is shouted as loud as it can. Yeah, because he's like 60% deaf is one and of so the scripts. It's, says. But it's, it's, it's a combination of it's one thing to be really loud. It's another thing to then also make him very gravelly yep. and New York-y. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so those two things together <laughs> when it's extended. And I did sing as him in the Christmas special That's right. live, which we haven't recorded yet, but there is a Christmas special with him. And uh, the joke, of course, being that he sung Silent Night. That was hilarious. Uh, but that is sort of the thing Silent where it's Night. like, man, you know, that's that's a lot. Well, you to, know? to your point about yeah. uh, voices developing over time, mm-hmm. uh, recently I was going back through some old archives, uh, recordings I'd found, and and I had a recording from the very first show. It was yeah. on a wax cylinder. <laughs> you guys did that in 1930. <laughs> no, that was 1899. One thing I did notice is like it seemed like uh, as time went on, the characters got a lot more lively. At yeah. first, they were kind of a little flat, well, and then they got really, really, really developed. I, I mean, with all the, I do remember like the first couple shows because we do it monthly and we circle back to yeah. shows later. I do remember the first couple times we were like returned to the Wraith. I'm going, oh, what does Bobek sound like? Yeah, and now it's, I it's can not a weekly thing. And, and so, yeah, sometimes it is like months in between you playing a character and then you're like, wait, how did they sound I, right? again? Mm. And sometimes the hardest character I do is Pierce Hartley because he is the most sincere, right. close to my voice. I feel like really, as long as I've been doing that, only recently have I actually really like, that's what he sounds like. Right, right. I yeah. feel, I, and 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 you were the first one to point out. I didn't even know I was doing this. That there is an Adam West to it. Yeah, a little bit. It's not quite full Batman because he's not that grand. No, but it is a little bit of that sort of dramatic <laughs> tone. You just, but he's speaking more clearly. It is, not, it's incredibly deadpan earnestness, and it, yeah. and you 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 nail it. So we just did a script live where he was in an argument, and it was very yeah. interesting to figure out where an angry Pierce Hartley because he's never. Not just smooth and cool and collected. that was fun. Just because that was, I was like, oh, good, different shadings. And right. I'm always happy. So it's more like he's not angry; he's emphatic. And you know, sort Karen of thing, had right? the same, uh, same. I think it's in the same script where she had Myra Nightingale is so sickly sweet. Yeah, she's, she's this real honey voice. Yes, but yeah. it required her to get a little stern. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is fun yeah. because it's like, where is she gonna land on that? And, it, and it I also, I always be, like any Pierce scene, like usually the scenes with Myra. Where he's off his game, so he's still that, but he's like, uh, 
Uh, yeah, well, uh, he, you uh, know. he's stumbling around. Yeah. I'm just yeah. a nervous little kid. And to our listeners, Karen is one of our cast members, Karen O'Brien. I'm sure you'll interview her at some point, too. Oh, Although she's, oh that's a good idea. Well, she is famously <laughs> shy, though. She is probably oh, yeah. the shyest, yeah. quietest member oh, of the yeah. cast. Real, uh, Karen's amazing. Real shrinking violet. She is is a born character actor as well. Yes. And so I, it, it, I feel like she's kind of my counterpart in the show exactly, on very, the female side of the cast. Everyone's in, versatile, but yeah. with... With, with Karen, it is sort of a thing where I need uh, this character who's going to be shrieking. We, uh, oh, that that horror we, one we uh, did where she's the the woman who comes back from the dead, the horrible bride. Oh, right, that, right, was right. Karen, that was legit upsetting. That was legit upsetting. I was like, is, wow. Karen is, you know, we're yeah. really really fortunate, and Brendan and I both. Yeah, we talk about this a lot. And I was even thinking yesterday about how we almost missed you being right. an alternate. Yes. And uh, but I almost was like, how dare you? No, I don't. Um, once again, I'm not. I'm not. An, I don't have an agent or anything. Like like that, so well, I'm just but like, you did give any... us a writer. There's oh, certain yeah. only foods... green, green yeah. M and M's. Yeah, exactly. I and see a red M and M. I walk. I, I'm gone. But we, we're, we're fortunate. We have a very, very talented uh, cast. But yeah, there was a time Karen and I did a radio appearance with you, Jerry. Uh, uh, with another shout out to to the great Ken Jones here in Portland on yeah. his radio show, Kabu, uh, Kabu, and and uh, you had I just think by luck of who was available to do the the spot that week, you had Karen and I and. At a certain point, Ken did figure out he could just start pushing buttons on Karen and I, and going like, and, and he was just going like, "Do this, do that, do that voice, do this." And Karen and I are definitely the two people most in the cast who just go, "You got it." Yeah, we we will absolutely. What you're saying is shameless. We will absolutely be uh, dancing monkeys for people. We're happy. Speaking though. of dancing monkeys, yes, yes. Um, I too. I master segues. Yes. Um, as we start to wrap uh, up this wonderful chat, and it oh, is I see something. How it is. I'm getting the. I'm getting the light. See, this is what it's like when we're now our own podcast, which is a natural segue into plugs. But uh, plugs. on our po- on our podcast, uh, this is an experience we have a lot, just because we will we have so much in common, and our our focus is very similar. So our our tangents are historic. Here we want to get a little tighter, but yeah. I want to say um, a uh, and back me up on this, Jerry. We are so lucky to have you in the cast. I'm going to back him up on that. Yeah, please do. Um, And also, just as a a friend and confidant, uh, you're real fine. Um, Now, tell the people out there where they can hear you. Oh, yeah. Don't tell them where you live because I made that mistake. But just let them. I live at one seventeen. No, 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 no! no. Big mistake! Big mistake! Uh, Just tell them. I love visitors. (laughs) You live in a fortress, though. Uh, I do. I I live in a in a. a, 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 It's got a the building's got a moat and a guard. Very high sniper tower. Yeah. There's that laser grid I never get past. Then there's Columbo who's packing. Um, My cat is 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 the friendliest cat, and it's 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 a. It's unfortunate in that situation because any intruder, he would just come up to it and want him to pick him up. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that will also distract them for several minutes it's while true. you get it, your it, guns. Yeah. Uh, My many, of, many guns. Speaking of your guns. Yeah. Tell us uh, just a few of the 85 podcasts. Yes. Well, okay. Yeah. So I do. I have I have a podcast network. Yes, you which do. Which is called Punch Up Entertainment. Mm-hmm. So you can find us uh, that we're on uh, all the pod. Uh, everywhere you listen to this show, you can listen to our shows. Uh, and we're also on YouTube. Yep. Uh, and one of our podcasts is also a video podcast, which yes. is called "May the Panel Be With You," mm-hmm. and it is a an exploration of uh, Star Wars comic books. You found your niche. Yes, it is true. It's sort of uh, the my friend Mike Gergoni, Another shout out on there. Uh, oh, who, who Jesus! Ho- we've hosted a few shows together over the years. 
Uh, what do been... they have on you that you have to keep bringing them up? <laughs> he's brought up Adam West, yeah, Sean yeah. Connery, well, yeah. no, Al Pacino. I, I think he's safe in the case of those first oh, two. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they're hitting him up for anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. I want my check. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pacino's uh, still around. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he's very litigious. Okay, um, all right. No, uh, yeah. What else can I do? No, may uh, the panel be with you. May the panel be you. with you. Uh, what I was saying is uh, Mike and I have done uh, a number of podcasts. We've been podcasting the longest together. And yeah. So every couple of years we change it up, basically, yeah. our format. It used to be panel up. We were, I mean, it was panel on panels. We were panel on panels, panel which up. was a comic book discussion show. Mm-hmm. Then it was panel up, which was just sort of pop culture. Yeah, reviews. you grew. You got bigger. Uh, and then uh, we did, Then we decided to get more niche again because we kind of... I, I think what we both said Too is... broad. We also kind of got tired of having to ha- have hot takes on everything. Yeah, yeah. Because like some weeks we have a Marvel movie and can do a three-hour episode. Some weeks it's like, this thing came out on Netflix. It's okay. Well, when you yeah. guys started doing <laughs> cooking episodes. Yeah, that thought, was no. true. He, yeah. Makes, he makes a mean key lime pie. <laughs> Let me tell you. Oh, uh, now I want key lime no, pie. No, so we, we, it, that, that's a video podcast. You can actually read the comic along with us on that's, there. It's can, very cool. Uh, and we, we're, we're literally following the entirety of Star Wars comics. So we're back. Starting in 1977. Wow. Wow. Uh, and then wow. you, Brendan, and I, you and I host a show called Campbell and Jones Meet the Monsters. We do. Uh, which uh, you We've can... been doing it for seven years now. Uh, <laughs> I think That's it's quite been that dog long. Years. But... Oh, sorry. Because we started in the pandemic, so it feels like we've been doing it for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was, I mean, uh, that was the thing. I was just doing one podcast. And then when the pandemic hit and I was home and I wanted to talk to people, yeah. I started doing these other podcasts. So that's when I started doing uh, uh, Meet the Monsters with you. Michael Lisman and I started doing The Action Shelf, which is a podcast I do. That's the silliest podcast I do, I think, because it's a podcast where we do reviews of not always straight to video. What, what we say is B-action movies. So right. lower budget. Because our, our, some people, they're talking and they go, that's a studio movie. It's like... Our, our our new our new cap is uh, anything that costs fifty million or less. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not you sitting there going like, uh, oh, we're gonna do all the diehards. No, you're doing the real. Cheap no, we're stuff. doing we're doing uh, we're not doing the diehards. We're doing any Bruce Willis movie you can find in your local red box. There, there you go. go, Jinx. We always talk about it's the thing where uh, 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 any movie you like scroll past on Amazon or Netflix and go. Who's watching that? It's us. It's Michael. So if you guys need a a fix for uh, any of your Dracula, werewolf, Frankenstein monster movies, that's me and you. That's Campbell and Jones Meet the Monsters. And we also did Nights Talking, which we're just wrapping up. And that's uh, we're just wrapping up recording, and it's just starting. Uh, because uh, on the uh, I have there's a patron feed for Mm -hmm. all these podcasts too, which I should plug here, which is. patron.podbean.com slash punch up. Punch up. You just actually have that on I tap. Do, we'll put that, I we'll do. put that in the notes. Yeah, and, so, and we'll have you back uh, again, John, to talk about your comic, which we ran out of time oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm also, well, hopefully you can have me back when the comic's actually out because the comic is just in. <laughs> It's in development it, it's stage. It's in development stage, but yes, we're it's 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 out to publishers now. So hopefully, it's a horror action thing, which makes sense with those podcasts. We've done. John, just don't forget us, okay, man. <laughs> I know when, you when got I, so many irons. When I so take off in the comic book world, the yeah. most famous of yeah, one thing yeah. that's why I love about that the idea of being like you can a, walk down the street, no one would even bother. That's you. always that's kind of the thing about the voice acting and stuff like that. I but love the show second business, you open your mouth, but, they're going to be turning around, going, "Is that a Bogan?" <laughs> Ooh. Oh my God! Is that well? Bobek? I need to stop walking down the street, going, "How you doing, everybody?" Yeah, you really do. You really do. Um, so, 
Thank you so very much, Mr. John Campbell, uh, for being here oh, yes. on You Are Now Entering Tesla City. Thank, thank you, Jerry. And thank you guys for listening. Um, next month around, uh, join us for yet another uh, interview with one of our cast members. There, We just have a lot of fascinating people, so we can't wait to introduce them to you. And we hope you're enjoying the episodes of the Tesla City Stories as they drop here on our feed. Um, we'd love your feedback. So like, review, uh, favorite us, let people know about uh, this jibber-jabber that we do, the chatty chat, and also, of course, the great shows of the Tesla Broadcasting Company we've dug up out of the 1940s. Right on. Uh, right on. So thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, and John. we will check you. you out again next month. Bye-bye. The Tesla City Stories is produced by Lauren McCune, John Campbell, and Brendan Jones. Executive produced by Jerry Chrisman for Raygun Gothic, LLC. Additional production support provided by John Campbell. Special thanks to Sam Mowry of Willamette Radio Workshop, our dedicated cast of talented actors, our tireless crew, and the support of our incredible fans all across Tesla Nation. Please like, subscribe, rate, and review us on your platform of choice and spread the word about us. That all helps to boost the signal. To learn more about us and see upcoming dates of our live performances, check out our website at teslacitystories.com.